You're listening to Fit Girl, your guide to getting in shape, the podcast dedicated to helping you separate fact from fiction in fitness. Get professional trainer secrets on training, nutrition, and motivation. Boost your metabolism for permanent weight loss and use food to burn fat while you train your brain for success. Stop struggling and learn what really works to get the body you want and keep it. For more details about this podcast and other episodes, visit fitgirlpodcast.com. This is podcast episode number 247. In this episode, we begin a five-part series on training methods for maximum results in minimal time. In nutrition, we'll review fad diets and why they don't work. And in motivation, we'll go over the key steps you need to take right now to start moving towards your goals. Yes, I know I've been quiet for way too long, and that is very unusual for me. There's been some major things going on in my life the last couple of years, and I know we all have our ups and downs. I just wanted to make sure that I have time to commit to doing this podcast regularly. And also a couple of new podcasts that I have been wanting to do for a long time. And unfortunately, I get too much into that perfectionist mode and don't think anything's perfect enough to let the public see it or hear it. And I have to just let go of that. It's kind of my New Year resolution is to stop trying to wait until everything is perfect and ready to post and just let it go and see how it works. I know we're always hardest on ourselves, so I'm going to take that leap of faith and post things that maybe I'm not 100% sure are perfect, because I think that if they are bad, you'll tell me, and if they're not perfect, it's probably okay. Some of the things I wanted to get perfect before I started doing the podcast again were things like a new cover, a new introduction, new music, even a new system, because I've really not been comfortable with the software or the microphone setup that I've had since we've moved a couple of times. So I'm just going to go with what I have, hope that it's going to be good enough. And if it's not, I hope you'll let me know. You can send me an email at kira at fitgirlpodcast.com. And that is one of the new things. We still have the blog spot that the original Fit Girl Guide started on that's still active. But we have an updated website, which is fitgirlpodcast.com. A little bit easier to remember if you ever need to check the show notes or look for any links that I may mention in the show. Right after I finish this podcast and get it posted, I'll be doing a special edition podcast with all the updates and news and things that you can expect in the future. In this training section, we're going to talk about some of the key methods for maximum results in less time. And this is a five-part series because there's a lot to cover. There's many different training methods that you can use, and some are good and some are not so good. But ultimately, if you are consistent, you're going to see some results, maybe not as fast as you want. So since we all have no time to kill and we want to get the most results from the least amount of time in the gym, we're going to review some of the methods that work the best. And remember that this is not an all or nothing. You basically have to take some of these ideas and work them around, change them up. The body has to adapt to a program, but as soon as it starts to adapt, that's when you need to change 
your program. So it's a fine line between doing a program for too long and not doing a program for long enough. So normally when I'm working with clients, we'll do a two or three week cycle. And for me, a cycle is just a, a training method. And we'll use that method or that particular combination of exercises or split of the routine and then change it up. When it's time to change it up, these are some of the methods that I would use in order to keep their body changing and again to get the best results in less time. As with all of your workouts, you do want to start with a proper warm-up, usually something that gets your entire body heated up, whether that's walking on the treadmill or riding the bike or whatever, five or ten minutes, and then some light stretching. I prefer to stretch more in between each exercise when the muscles are resting and are also a little more pliable because they are being used and they are warm in that area. And what I'll normally do with my clients is, besides the full body warm up on some sort of cardiovascular machine and some light stretching, then the first set usually of whatever exercise we're doing is considered a warm up. So we do maybe 50% of the weight that we would normally be using for that. This way you're actually warming the muscles up by using the exact exercise and range of motion that they will be focusing on for the next several sets. And depending on how heavy we will be going, we may even do two or three warm-up sets. The actual number of sets and repetitions is going to be different for each client and based on their fitness history and on their goals. So this first method we're going to review is eccentric exercise methods. And there's actually three different ones that you can use. Um, there's a lot of variety in this type of training, which makes it a lot more fun and interesting because you can really mix things up. Now, in case you get confused with concentric and eccentric, or however you pronounce those, I think people say them a little differently. One is when you're lifting the weight. So if you think of the concentric as contracting, that's when you're contracting your muscles. So that's when you're lifting the weight. And the eccentric is when you are lowering and stretching. So that's an easy way to remember it. So when you're focusing on the lowering portion, that's also more time under tension, which is going to work those muscles harder. And it's also forcing you to slow down, which I've noticed most people have a main issue with going too fast when they're working out and definitely too fast during a range of motion of an exercise. So when you're increasing the lowering or the eccentric portion, you're actually making it last like five or six seconds. So you may lift in the regular pace that you use, which might be a two count or a three count, but you're taking twice as much time to lower that weight. So you definitely have to pick a weight that you can control. You're not going to be using your maximum heavy weights for this. You don't want to be cheating. You don't want to have somebody spotting you. Maybe one or two reps at the end, you might get a little bit of help, but ultimately you should be doing the work yourself. Now your repetitions are going to vary. You could be in the 4, 5, 6, 10, 12. Um, you will find that doing 10 or 12 of something when you're lowering it very slowly can be quite challenging and cardiovascular at the same time. So you actually have three different parameters that you can play with when using this method. You have, of course, the weight. Then you have the number of repetitions. But you also have the amount of time you want to take to lower that weight. In most cases, that's going to be anywhere from four to six seconds, but that's not to say that you can't make it eight seconds or 10 seconds or just as slow as you possibly can. And of course, 
your repetition speed is going to probably increase a little bit when you fatigue. So what you'll find is that you can no longer maintain that slower pace. And that's, of course, your indication that you have fatigued and mission accomplished. Remember, it's always the quality of repetitions that we're going for. If they're not quality, they're most likely not working the muscle that you're trying to target. So there's definitely no advantage to continuing when you're not targeting the muscle you want to work. In fact, you can actually injure yourself if you're not focusing on your targeted muscle because the other muscles around it might be helping and that's not necessarily their place in your body or their function in your body. So always quality repetitions no matter what. The second eccentric training technique is called the supramaximal training technique, which is really just a fancy name of increasing the weight as you go along. So of course, you're still going to be varying your repetitions for 6, 8, 10, 12. And you'll either be increasing the weight above your one rep maximum, or you'll be maintaining a level above that one rep maximum while you're doing the eccentric component, which is the slow lowering of that load. Now, obviously, this is probably going to put you more in that four to six repetition range, because if you're using above your maximum, you're not going to be able to do a whole lot. And you're probably going to have a little bit of help on the positive motion or the lifting portion and doing the whole negative by yourself so that you can get the maximum results. In this case, I would probably get through your warm-up and then find the weight that you're going to use and then do multiple sets with the same weight rather than trying to increase it each time. When you're using your maximum weights or above maximum, you will definitely need to rest a little bit longer between these sets. They'll be a lot more intense. So use that time to do some light stretching, get some water, and record your weights. I know all of you keep workout logs because we know how important that is to track your progress, right? Of course you are because you know how important that is. The third eccentric training technique is called two up, one down. So you start with about half of the weight that you would normally use, and you would lift the weight up with let's say two arms, if you're using the arms, and then lower with one arm, lift them both back up again, and lower with the other arm. So you're basically alternating the arms on the eccentric phase, but you're keeping them together on the concentric phase. So you're lifting two arms together, but you're lowering one, lifting them again, and then lowering the other. So your pace can also be that same pace you had on some of the previous techniques, where you have you're lifting in a two count or three count or even a one second lift, but you're lowering it in anywhere from three to six seconds. So you're definitely working twice as much because you're doing more obviously of the concentric than the eccentric since you're alternating those arms. And same thing goes for with the legs. Uh, one of the things that I like to use with clients when we're doing the lying leg curl is that if one leg starts to fatigue, the other leg kind of helps it finish that rep and then gets out of the way so it can do that lowering portion by itself. And that certainly helps to bring up the strength a little bit faster. Um, keep in mind that, you know what, We're, we have two sides and we have a dominant side and a non-dominant side. So they're never going to be 100% the same strength, but we can do our best to even them out a little bit. Go ahead and give one of these methods a try on your next training program and then you can always comment or send me an email and let me know what you think and hopefully you'll try each 
method on a different workout and see which one you like the best. And sometimes the ones that we like the least are the ones that are going to benefit us the most. So keep in mind that you want to definitely use all of them, not at the same time, but over the course of your different training cycles or different training weeks. And one more thing to remember is that in this case, it's not so much about increasing your weight every time you go in. It might be more about increasing the time under tension and increasing that lowering or eccentric phase of the muscle. So having much more control and maybe even a little more endurance for that muscle since you're gonna be working it for a longer period of time. It's definitely a good way to get faster results and it's also a good way to efficiently work your muscle in the least amount of time. In this nutrition section, we're going to talk about fad diets, and it's kind of appropriate because we're at the beginning of the year, and this is often the time where people want to start a new diet program, and I think people forget that diet really means the food that you eat. It doesn't necessarily mean restrictive. Your goal really should be to eat healthy foods, balanced meals, and some well-timed snacks, not necessarily to deprive yourself of things. Any program that cuts out certain food groups is not going to be a healthy program. We really do need a combination of everything. And a lot of times with social media, the internet, the magazines, TV, you will see all these different crazy diets. People will tout them as being the greatest ever, but you have to analyze them with a little common sense and look at them and say, is this really healthy to cut out every single carbohydrate? Is it really healthy to only have high fat? Is it really healthy to focus only on one particular time to eat your food versus eating throughout the day? It's always interesting to me that there are so many different diets out there. And of course, the commercials make it look like they're always the ones that are the perfect end to get the result you want. But I think about when you look at bodybuilders who are the definitely the group that has the best success at losing weight or losing, I should say, fat weight, not just weight, and maintaining muscle. And they're not on most of these fad diets. And to be honest, I know a lot of you might say, well, they drop carbs and all this kind of stuff. That's only when they don't diet long enough. Um, I've been in competition myself and I know how it is. If you wait too long and you have to get down to a certain uh, body fat percentage, yeah, you're going to have to cut and do drastic things, but you shouldn't have to. If you start far enough in advance, and I've actually done that as well, you don't have to drop any carbs right up into the show. You can actually eat the carbs at all different times of the day because it's more about the time that it takes to get you in shape. And unfortunately, most people, when they're doing a competition, they never give themselves enough time. They'll say 12 weeks or 10 weeks. And realistically, you need a good six months to do it in a healthy way. And in that respect, you'll also be altering your metabolism. Your body will not be in that shock system where it wants to hold on to fat and you get the best of everything. You look great, you feel good, uh, you, you don't have to restrict. So there is a little bit of a myth in that respect where bodybuilders go into low carbs and all that kind of stuff. And again, that's not necessary. It is really just a factor of not having enough time or maybe just not timing your work correctly because it is a lot of work to get down to a low percentage of body fat and it does take a lot of time. And 
if we're doing fad diets, what's happening there is you're really just messing up your metabolism. You're not doing really anything productive for your long-term body. And this podcast is all about permanent weight loss. Anybody can drop a couple pounds here or there because pounds are not necessarily body fat. And that's not necessarily changing the shape of your body. You want permanent weight loss so that you can lose body fat so that your metabolism stays up. The more muscle you have, the easier it is to maintain the way your body looks. So looking to maximize how you would maintain as much muscle as you can, well, of course, one way is working out. The other way is using your food at right times, at right intervals and portions, and that's going to affect not only your muscle mass, but your metabolism and how you feel. And it's kind of that good cycle of you eat, you feel good, you work out, it's a good workout, you eat, you recover, you feel good, and you can keep going on on what's actually a good cycle instead of the bad cycle of the fad diets where you go on a diet, you lose the weight, you eat something, you gain the weight, then you got to go back again, and that's why they're not successful. You may lose weight, but you lose mostly muscle, and muscle is your metabolism. Without that, you're just going to be in that vicious cycle. I'm not sure what we would call the successful, I guess a successful cycle if you're doing things right as far as nutrition and working out and recovering. So not everything has to be a vicious cycle. It can also be a successful cycle if you do it right. Your goal for nutrition that will support your body fat loss and maintain your muscle is to have balanced meals and snacks throughout the day. That means something every three to five hours in your body to give you a little bit of fuel. It doesn't have to be a full meal, but it does need to be something healthy. Now, when we say balanced meals, we mean something that's got a little bit of protein, a little bit of carb, and of course, some green vegetables because the way they all interact together works to keep your blood sugar levels stable. Now that goes into a whole other aspect, which we've probably covered in a previous podcast and will again in a future one. But if you find that you can't lose weight or you can't keep the weight off, or you've got issues with food because, you know, it is difficult if you've got food issues because you do have to use food every day. So that's another aspect where your food might be making a vicious cycle as far as causing you to have cravings. And you may think that it's not in your control, but a lot of times it could be the foods that are not working right with your body. This is also where keeping a log is very handy because if you can look at what you're eating when you're eating it, then you might be able to analyze, okay, did I miss a meal? Did I take too long? Did I eat too much? Am I not eating the right food? what's going on in my life at that time that made me eat that food too. So there's a big, huge picture to look at. And when things are written down, it's a lot easier to analyze. Now, if you have no idea where to start, you can definitely go to my fitnessmakeover.com site. I do have nutrition programs or nutrition guidance. Sometimes all you need to do is educate yourself on what is good foods versus not good foods. I've done several previous podcasts that go through some of this information, so you might want to get to that or look at some of my websites for the information. Just remember that anything extreme you cannot maintain, and anything that you can't maintain is not a lifestyle and is not going to be permanent. So you need to look at the healthy alternatives, a healthy schedule, and plan your meals. If you're not planning, you're planning to fail. You've probably heard that, and that's so true when it comes to your nutrition. 
If you think you're just going to grab something, you're not going to grab something good because there's not as many choices. But if you plan it out, you can bring things with you, whether it's your own healthy snacks or a balanced meal. Yeah, every once in a while, you're going to eat something that's not quite the best. But as long as it's not every single day, you're going to be okay. And that's kind of the key. When your muscle ratio is higher, you definitely don't have to worry about your weight. And um, definitely the example of that, because I used to gain weight just looking at food. But now my metabolism is different thanks to the weight training and following all these things that I'm trying to share with you. And I pretty much haven't worked out consistently since Thanksgiving. And I certainly haven't been, um, I don't know if you're listening to this later, that's a couple, two months ago. I have not been the best as far as eating. There's been lots of uh, Christmas leftovers and things like that uh, that are packaged foods that I wouldn't normally eat. So I definitely would say that I've been indulging. And my body really hasn't changed. Now in the past, before I got my metabolism all regulated, I would spend the holiday time doing too much exercise and definitely not eating the right stuff or thinking I'm eating the right stuff. Anyways, all of it misinformed, which is why I started this podcast so people can realize that, you know what, there's too much misinformation out there rather than good information. So as a walking example, you can get to the point where you can eat what you want and not have your body be affected. Now, would I do this for months on end? Well, no. But my schedule is really hectic right now. Maybe I get in two workouts a week that are, let's say, 45 minutes at the most, just sticking with some of the larger body parts. And that's enough to maintain my metabolism. And then when I have more time in the summer, I can get maybe four workouts in a week. I'm definitely not one of those people that do some, do some sort of intense exercise every single day. I just don't have the time. So this is real world working out and nutrition because we all really are living in the real world. We're not locked up in some house where people are making food for us and telling us what to exercise and when to move and all this kind of stuff. So this is practical. And honestly, I'm not any different. I've just had more experience with this kind of stuff and certainly a lot more experience with failures until I found what was successful. So I'm just like you. And if I can do it, anybody can do it. If you need some more one-on-one guidance, because I know a lot of it can be overwhelming, check my website. There's a bunch of different programs, and I even do one-on-one coaching as well. There's too much going on in life to be a slave to nutrition or to the gym. So find out now how to get your body where you want it to be, and that way you can enjoy everything else in life. In motivation, we're going to talk about two key steps that you can implement right now to help you get to where you want to be. The first is to be realistic with your plan. Now you may have already made your goals and hopefully those are realistic too, but you also need to be realistic with your plan and make sure it fits your lifestyle. Now if you're not sure quite how to do that, then get some advice, get some help. Either hire a trainer or let me help you design a program to fit your life. Either way, you've got to sit and plan and realistically see where your time goes and what you can do with your time and how to make the most of it. Sometimes the littlest changes can last the longest and have the biggest impact. When you think about the fact that you really only need to cut 150 calories a day to lose about 15 pounds a year, that's not that much. You can do that not by cutting out calories, you can actually do it by increasing 
the amount of activity you're doing. And 150 calories is not that much. It's walking to the end of the street and back. So little things that you can incorporate into your daily plan to help you get where you want to be. So plan. I mean, I think that's what it boils down to. If you don't have a plan, you're going to fail. Definitely have to have something to follow. Otherwise, it keeps getting put off and put off and put off. Now, the second thing, just as easy, is to visualize. So when you're falling asleep, visualize either your next day or visualize how you want to walk or how you want to dress. And as you're doing that, visualize yourself with your proper posture, with a confidence that you maybe don't have right now, but you will have as you keep developing these skills. You want to think about yourself being more confident, energized, being really proud of yourself. And I know sometimes that's hard for most people, but you definitely need to look back and say, okay, what have I actually achieved? We tend to look too much at our negative points, whether it's our personality points or whether it's just things that went wrong that day. Look for what went right and then start focusing on those Remind yourself of those. Realize that it's not all horrible. There were some good points. And by visualizing, you're actually going to train your brain to look for these things easier. And that way your perspective changes a little bit. And again, it's not overnight. Definitely something you have to keep working on regularly. That's why doing something like this at bedtime is great because you shut down your eyes, you shut down your body, you put some positive visions and some positive thoughts in your mind, and then it is going to sit there and simmer overnight. And one of the other things that's great to do is think about your following day. And if it's a, a day that you're going to be working out, visualize yourself doing that workout and doing a very good one and one where you feel great and you're strong and everything goes right. And think about how you will feel when that happens. You are the only one that can give yourself this positivity. Be your own supporter. You are the only one that's inside your head right now. So you need to be the one to step it up and be positive and look for the good in everything you do and look for the progress that you're making. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And for more information, visit fitgirlpodcast.com. Join me next week for more training methods, also breakfast tips, and how to uncover emotional obstacles to take control of your body and life.